0: This is the Instigators, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos.
1: Nothing else comes close. We are going to overtime,
0: and doing so with a musical twist this time around. Marty Baron, how are you?
1: I am doing a very, very good. Excited for our guest today. So uh, I know you're a music buff, Duffer. So I feel like I'm going to sit in the back seat and enjoy the whole thing. But I'll get involved. No, no chance. Get involved, as (laughs) Wixie would say.
0: Music is uh, woven through our lives in many different ways. How does it or has it impacted you specifically on a game night basis when you roll into the arena getting set for a key matchup?
1: Okay, so I'll tell you this. Um, I tried to control the music in the room one time, and I did a terrible job at it, so they kicked me off the, the music. That's one. Two... Whenever we'd go to Montreal, I was always a little bit more giddy in the game because they would play some French Canadian like heritage music that I remember as a kid or whatnot, and I'd be like, "Oh, like you don't you're not supposed to pay attention to the music during the game, right?" But I I always paid attention to the music. It got me going. Um, so yeah, music is a integral part of sports because the right song at the right moment uh, or a playoff video with the right beat behind it is, is absolutely like key to that feeling that you have for years and years and years after the fact
0: stays with you forever, quite frankly. Um, what do you know about Daniel Armbruster lead singer of joy wave out of Rochester, who is an ardent Sabres fan and will be our guest today.
1: Yeah, I know he's a huge hockey fan and a huge Sabres fan. I've seen him on NHL network. Uh, he's done it a couple of times. I think where they call him to talk about hockey and music and whatnot. So, uh, but, uh, again, I, so I, I know of Daniel, I know he's a fan. I don't know him very much. Uh, and, uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to get that, uh, that interview going because I, you know, hockey players all want to be like superstar right. musician. Like I have a guitar Every year, I'm going to start learning the guitar. And I had ended up buying a cheat thing, the Chord Buddy, to go on it. And I still can't play the guitar. Like, that's just me. I'm, like, terrible at it.
0: Okay, so you need to get serious, and when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos' betting counters are open daily, and self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the sports lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens, so you never miss a play. The sportsbook at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. Daniel, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for taking time out of the tour that is eventually, very quickly, coming to Buffalo on the weekend. And uh, I know we're going to dive into that. You're excited because that means you're not far away from the hometown gig and gigs in Rochester to close it all out. But I think we're catching up at a good time based on where the Sabres are at as well. Is that right?
2: It, you know, it it seems like it. I mean, things have been exciting. I mean, last night I, I caught like I had terrible service in Tampa. So I, I caught about 10 minutes of the game and I unfortunately turned it off before the end, but I, uh, I, I caught the highlights and, uh, I mean that, that goal was, was wild, but it's, it seems like things are fun right now. And, um, I should preface all of this with, uh, I am an idiot. So any of my hockey takes, uh, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't know anything, but the, uh, uh, it seems more fun this year, and um, I'm I'm very like agnostic about like uh, like I'm I'm not a very competitive person. So like if if the score is five four and we lost, I, like I had fun. You know what I mean? Like and the, and this team is fun to watch, and the Don Granado style, uh, you know, you guys have watched it for a, a long time every game, and it's 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 fun now. Like, and and they're not, they're always in the game in the third period now. And I, and I, it hasn't been like that in the past.
1: Now you talk about, you were in Tampa. Um, When you guys travel, do you look and compare the Sabres schedule to your schedule and try to see, Oh, are the Sabres in oh, our yeah. neighborhood? Can we get to games? Cause Duffer does that with concerts, right? He looks at like when we're traveling with the Sabres, when we were traveling and says, Ooh, which band is on the road at the same time? So, do you do the same thing with the Sabres or or any other hockey uh, games?
2: Ab- absolutely. I mean, we're uh, one of the best. So, I, I I think there's always this relationship between hockey and music. I think where um, musicians actually want to be pro athletes, and the pro athletes wouldn't talk to them in high school. But then the pro athletes were like very busy, like uh, you know, <laughs> becoming pro athletes. And then they get into music later and are like, I have all this free time. And then they're very interested in, in the musicians. And And we've been doing it long enough now where like there are kids or, or you know, who, who were like 16, maybe when our first record came out and they're ending up in the league now. And so, and they'll, and they like the band. And so when the schedule lines up, uh, me and Joey got to go to uh a Yankee spring training game the other day one of the one of the pitchers likes us and we we're like this is this is amazing and that and that lined up for us with with Tampa but yeah I mean I, I went to a game uh, in Detroit a couple of years ago um that's actually the only road one I think we played MSG one time and there was a preseason game and they were like do you want to go watch and I was like absolutely so I I got off stage at MSG and uh, they have that like theater thing in the yeah. front we were opening for Bastille and we did that and then I, I literally walked straight up and uh and caught a part of a preseason game after, but
0: you have uh, memorable games you have caught over the years in different cities, or just the fact that you got two games in different cities, like, you know, where have you, where have you caught up with the Sabres?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I think the Sabres I've only seen in that Detroit game. So no, most, I mean, most of my hockey memories are, are definitely uh, Buffalo centric. Um, I, I think, I mean, one of my favorites. I, I, Rob Ray would have to verify this or not, but I believe I saw him score a goal, an actual goal on uh, Marty Brodeur.
1: I wow. think he would say, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but Razor would agree. He would, any goals on top <laughs> goaltenders, he would say, yes, I absolutely <laughs> did it. So remember, uh,
0: he's a forty-goal scorer. It took him almost nine hundred games, but he's a forty goal scorer, and I always refer to him as that.
1: So, and also oh a big God. goal in the playoff conference finals. So, I mean, against that, the Leafs. Against Toronto, so let's get him so in the hall right now. Yeah, absolutely. He should have his own wing in the Hall of Fame. Now, Daniel, let me ask you this: So, you guys are all from Rochester. So, did you go to Amherst game? Did you follow the Amherst and the Sabers from the time you were little?
2: So, um, honest, honestly, like when I was a little kid, like. Uh, uh, marty brodeur was my guy but uh, you know it was kind of the devils and the sabers but um i mean devil's hockey was unwatchable unless you were you know watching how how great his goals against average was and getting excited about that when i was like nine and ten that did excite me but um but yeah it's it's been it's it's definitely been been mostly sabers and obviously you know tons of amherst games um they had, the, they had the camps there at one point. I got to meet yep. the uh, the Buffalo Sabres 1995 first-round pick at one point in Rochester at the uh, ESL Arena. So that was very <laughs> cool. Um, got his autograph. Pretty, Is that uh, Jay McKee? Cool. There was two of us that year. So oh, yeah, I know, two, Marty. Come on. There was two, picks.
1: <laughs> there was I two I of us Jones. that year.
2: I, uh, I, the I old ESL, uh, man.
1: If you went there to get autographs, you better be bundled up because it was cold in that building.
2: It 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 was. I I remember my cousin. Uh, my cousin's a a couple of years younger than me, and he said, uh, he he was like, I, I think that's Marty Biron back there. And I was I was like, really? And like, I didn't know what you looked like, cause like the you know the internet wasn't uh there wasn't like a database to search. Yeah. And uh, so we we came up, and I was I was like, are you Marty Biron? And you were like. Last time I checked and that was so confusing to my like nine-year-old brain. And I was, I was like, so you are or you aren't? And, uh, uh, and you know, the signature said uh, Martin Biron. So I was uh, very excited to see that when it was handed back to me.
1: I was such a jerk. I mean, how bad of an answer is that? Like,
2: you're, you're probably like 18.
1: Yeah, well, I probably didn't speak a lot of English. I was like, uh, somebody told me to use that as a line when somebody asked, are you Marty Buran? Yeah, last time I checked and then walked away, but no. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's funny, but you mentioned Marty Brodeur. I don't know if you remember, but we had a big game in Rochester between the Sabres and the Devils one year. It was dubbed the Rory Fitzpatrick-Brian Gianta game, but Marty Brodeur played in that game. It was, uh, you know, we tried to kind of branched out it was a regular season game in Rochester against the Devils um were you did, did you go to that one did you remember yes. that game okay
2: absolutely absolutely I, I think my dad got me tickets for christmas and i think i waited out by the bus to try to get autographs cuz i loved i loved hockey cards and getting autographs when i was a kid and uh, i did not get marty broder's autograph but i actually forgot like most of this and i um uh it, a couple of weeks ago before we left for tour, I was going through some boxes in my house and I found all my autographed cards and I was going through and I didn't remember a bunch of them. Like I had like uh uh Pekka in there. Like I had so many that I had um that I I had actually forgotten about, but they must have all been from that night because it was all it was all devil's players and all Sabres players. Oh.
0: Amazing. How's the tour going?
2: Oh, great. Um
0: and I, I asked been, that in the, I asked that in the sense of, you know, you've been tweeting about it individually too. I mean, we're not quite back to normal. So there's, this is right. a different experience for you. And obviously, you know, we want everybody to, to feel healthy and safe as they're on the road. So what, what's it been
2: like? It's, it's been good. I mean, you know, we're, um, we're obviously not really seeing people, you know, we're kind of doing our, our own bubble, um, and and wearing masks everywhere the the hard thing is you can't sing in a mask right so uh some of the bigger venues it's fine like because there's you know a barricade and people are a ways back from you um but we just kind of the the florida gauntlet and uh i don't know if you guys know this but generally guitar music in florida does not do very well it's mostly like dj things and 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 hip-hop things so there's not very many rock clubs there and they are small and there is no barricade or barrier or anything so um you know we'll see we'll see how the next week goes
1: (laughs) (laughs) you keep your fingers crossed like Uh, i hope that it's like uh, it's like you're down for nothing and you hope that we can come back and win this one six five so (laughs) uh, just like uh, but it happens it does happen so um well you talk about the florida gauntlet it's kind of like You know, I mean, we talked about Alberta for years, was, uh, you know, Dead Valley. You went and played the Flames or the Oilers in the 80s or whatnot. So, is there special road trips that are significant to a band that you're like, hey, if we can get that road trip, like it's really fun to go on and we know our fans are going to respond to that?
2: Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely um, certain cities that, um, you know, you do better in right or you know that um uh like i like i i bet i bet for for you when you were playing marty's probably some of the um some of the Sun Belt places you probably knew that there were going to be a bunch of people there to see you right because they were all they were all transplants so so there's there's definitely some of that like um the west coast is really great for us so we really like um seattle and portland san francisco la san diego down down that stretch but there's also kind of some some day off cities where you end up where it just kind of, you know, routes perfectly because the bus driver is only going to drive a certain number of miles every day. So I, I actually always look forward to Boise. I never want to play a concert there, but I always want to spend the the day off there because it's just so it's just strange and it's its own little world. It's a, it's a cool city though.
0: Any truth to the uh, notion as I, as I look through the song titles of your latest album, Cleanse, and think that they're in some way connected to the Sabres and where they're heading? Like, Pray for the Reboot um, <laughs> buy American, which, you know, clearly Alex Tuck is the, the latest acquisition. Um, we Are All We Need. You know, I think we, we've got that vibe now from Don Granato. Like, anybody yeah. who's here, like, this is all we need. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in, in all seriousness, like how how has it gone? This to me, for, as an outsider who, who loves your music, I feel like it's been really well received. The timing is great. Your your tour has been going well. Um, has it felt that way after all this uncertainty?
2: Yeah, because I mean, the only historically the metric of like do people like this or not is uh, you know I have the microphone and I'm looking at them right, yeah. and uh, and I can tell. Uh, but for the past two years, it's been, um, you know, are people tweeting about this or are they, or, or for, for the artists, like on the streaming services, like you have access to the back end and you can see like what people are listening to where. And, um, but so I, I think we felt like things had grown during the pandemic and we put out our third record in March of 2020, but then we obviously couldn't tour on it. So we, um, a lot of artists did the virtual concerts and stuff, and that was that didn't really seem very fun to us without the the crowd so we you know just re uh recorded cleanse the new record that just came out and um yeah we felt like things had grown but now we're showing up places and it's like very very confirming like um chicago was insane like the room there like it was two or three times as many people as last time that we had been to chicago and um DC, uh, we're doing 930 Club, which is like a legendary venue. yes it's, it's Dude, so we never That's where this came it. from. Okay. <laughs> so so it's so it's 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 almost sold out. So I'm I'm like fingers crossed because it's like a moment to sell out 930 club. Um, you know, and, and it's it's been really good. Now now the thing the thing that's gonna be interesting is is everyone like I understand that like um it was tough right for music and like I need to go out and, and support so are, are those people going to come next time and I, I think the answer is yes I, I think that people are kind of feeling like you know this thing was taken from me and I'm never letting it be taken from me again Yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully that's that's what they're feeling because that's how uh, that's how concerts survive but yeah
1: So I know how hockey works when you're like prepare for a game or prepare for a season. Now, I have no idea how the music world works when you're preparing for uh, to record an album. Like, it seems like a couple of years. So you put possession in 2020 and then Clance in 2022. It seems like two years is a short time to get a new album out. Like, what's the process and how does it all come together? Uh, Writing the songs, how do you guys do it?
2: Um, it, it is a shorter turnaround time than, than usual for us, but, you know, we, we had unlimited time and um, the studio is in my house now, which was kind of a fortunate, uh, we, we moved it there in like 2018 or 19, which ended up being a, a very fortunate um, thing. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, I, I write a lot and make a lot of demos basically. And then the other guys are uh, way better players than I am uh and so they'll kind of come in and say well you know what if the guitar does this or what if the drums do this or what if the bass does this and I'm like great that's even better and um I mean that's that's kind of it it comes together it's uh um, I'm trying to think of how it's Is it like instincts?
1: Talking. Like you, I mean, obviously like you, yeah. you talk about Boise, right? So is this a place where you feel like you're inspired to write things or is there a certain situation, certain city center, certain setup that inspire you to write?
2: Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I just kind of, you know, my, my uh, notes app on my phone is full of little ideas and the voice memos thing is full of, you know, me in the middle of the night humming something that's terrible. And then the next day I decide if it's either good or bad. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing where like at a certain point it's second nature to you. You know, I've, I've been doing it. I've been writing songs for like over half my life now. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think I could stop if I tried. Um, <clears throat> I, I hope people continue to listen, but I think they'll probably still get written and recorded either way.
0: Do you ever delete anything in the notes app?
2: No. So, so there's a lot of bad ideas yeah like I, I like not like not that i use them all but i just yeah i just definitely make like a neck do you have like thousands of notes
0: i don't but i'm fascinated by what's in your notes oh, app. yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's terrible yeah
0: i got bad grocery lists in there dude that's about it oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have a yeah so i mean obviously you know we do a dis or that on the uh on the instigators and I have a this or that note that it just keeps on going. And I look back and I'm like, what, where was I, when I wrote down that, you know, we need to do the this or that play of the game, like the turning point or whatnot. I have no idea because it does, I don't put the date or the the year next to it. So is there sometimes you look back to your notes and you're like, what kind of, uh, you know, situation would make me write something like this?
2: Yeah. Yes, and I, and I would say it's more it's more the the voice memos app for that because like you're hearing something in your head, right? So like I'm like kind of like picturing this whole song, yet my instrument is monophonic, right? So I'm just humming into my phone, going dum 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 dum, and then uh, and then like sounds great to me because I'm hearing the whole rest of it. And the next morning I go back and I listen, I'm like that's that's like two notes. That's not even that's not anything.
0: <laughs> no, you when know? Marty was asking you though about the writing process. I've always been fascinated and I'm under the uh, assumption that everyone does it differently and there is no set, you know, standard as to how to construct a song, but within your band, are there examples of the music coming first and then you adding to it, or does it mostly originate from your head and words and then the music comes after
2: yeah, it's 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 pretty much coming from my head and usually it's originating from music and the words are coming after but but I've kind of over the last few records like divorced the the two processes where um cuz like writing lyrics is easy once you know what you're trying to say right but but the hard thing is being like the song is about this right like deciding that so so there's a a whole notes app of like here are things that I would like that I have like opinions on right or like commentary on or, or feelings that I have and then over here is like a drum beat and a guitar part and all so the longer you keep them separate you are not making decisions like man the lyrics to this song are so good and it's so important that it's there because I I, th- I think the split on like there's lyric people out there and then there's people who don't care about lyrics. and I, I think that split is like 90 10. Like I like I love lyrics, but like I love them when the song is good also. Mm-hmm. So if you if you keep them apart for longer, you can kind of marry things like we're like, okay, this is a great musical bed or like a great melody. And also this is a great thing that I want to say and use them together later. So you're never making the decision based on like, okay, well these lyrics are not my best work, but the but the music is really strong, right? And, and people <laughs> like it. So Whatever. Um yeah. When I you say it. ninety I'm ten, is it
1: ninety music, ten lyrics
2: or yes, is it the that, other way? Absolutely right? absolutely. I mean I that that's what, what do you guys think? Are, are well, you guys, I mean, are so funny for people? me,
1: I grew up in a French Canadian city listening to French music. And then there was some, obviously some English music, uh, you know, like pop and whatever rock and, and it came in, but I didn't know what they were saying. I couldn't understand the lyrics. So for me, it's all music. Like my kids will listen to songs and they'll say, man, that was such a beautiful song. And I'll be like, I don't even know what the song's about. Like I, for me, it's the music takes 99% of the, the feeling I have for the song. But it's interesting for you to say that because you are obviously trying to put out tracks that appeal to 100% of the people. But, you know, there's a split between what people like and what people uh, will, will gather to. It's almost like, you know, we want to win a game, but. How do we do it with offense or defense? And how do we we build our team together? It's almost the same thing with you building a song.
2: Yeah. And I I I Brian, I, I would think that you care a lot about lyrics because you're wearing a gaslight anthem shirt.
0: Yes. And I think but for me, it's been quite an evolution musically. Um, before it was definitely louder more genre specific as a kid, you know, and then your eyes get opened and, you know, there's a lot more Americana in my library now, which again, it takes nothing away from the talent of these artists musically, but it is lyrically driven. There's no question about that. Um, I don't know. Like it's fascinating to be having this discussion with you. Cause when I think of joy wave, I think of both, like you, your a band's ability is to hook you musically though. So that's the first thing I think of, but then you know, like a Kennedy, for instance. Like I love listening to the lyrics of that song. I just think you 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 just, it's just written so well. And I, so yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, you know. But I, I I think the I think your your hunch, Marty, will laugh at that. I I think your assumption that, that I'm that I'm lyrically you know inclined would would definitely be. Now it leads me to the question of what bands interest you now that's not to say are you a super fan of but what what bands are really interesting to you that you either enjoy you know you might enjoy them for different reasons
2: yeah so that that's a that's a great way to ask that question because I never sit down and go I'm I want to do like this thing that this other artist does because that's that's something you do when you're younger and like we uh, for uh, some people in Buffalo probably know that you know, i like me and the other guys have been doing this a long time. We had a local band in Rochester before this band that like didn't work, and and the things that didn't work about it were, were you know, oh this is working for this other artist, like let's right, like let's hop on that a little bit, or let's try to and and I, obviously that does work for people sometimes because we've all seen an artist come out and you're like that's just exactly this other thing, but but it, it didn't work for us, and and things went right for us mm-hmm. when we were like I'm just gonna make you know what's in my head, and if people like it great and if they if they don't like it that's that's fine too and and things you know went a lot better but the the artists that inspire me accordingly are people who do whatever they want whenever they want to do it and with little regard for um what they did before as long as it's still true to them so like one one of my favorite favorites is Damon Elbarn because like when I was a kid I loved Blur and the, the and of course they wrote the ultimate goal song you know yeah. right but then but then he goes and he does gorillas and gorillas is like so far from blur but it's still like his voice and it's like uniquely him and um and that that's just beautiful to me and i know i know kanye west is a polarizing figure and everyone has opinions on him but you know you can't say that he doesn't do what he wants to do right and and mm-hmm. people feel how they feel about it and you know that's that's real art right Is like not it's just being like this is me and take it or leave
0: it right but okay now i have to ask because of what you've just mentioned what about taylor swift
2: <laughs> i knew um, that was coming <laughs> oh man uh, uh it's damon albarn got in trouble like right three yes. weeks ago for no, yeah okay okay all right uh <laughs> i i i think that uh she is very good at what she does and uh from what i hear she Writes her songs, and that's awesome. And and the free market has decided that she is the best, is my opinion.
0: Well, the only reason, <laughs> the biggest reason I ask is because I'm still surprised, quite frankly, that so many of the artists that I have come to love that fall into the Americana genre or close to it, respect the hell out of Taylor Swift for her songwriting ability. So... Yeah. I, so that's I, that's kind of been fascinating to me the last few years so
2: i uh, it has been interesting to see uh, like um i think the dude from the national like worked yeah. with her on yeah. yeah so yeah yeah so, so like the the welcoming in of that but uh, but i think it might be a little bit of the uh, uh the athlete musician dynamic that i mentioned before right if taylor swift if taylor swift calls me in is like i want you to work on the record like i will be there you know what I mean? That, like,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> now, Marty, why did you think I was going to go that direction?
1: Because we had a whole moment on the broadcast uh, a couple of weeks back uh, where we brought up all these uh, Taylor Swift song uh, oh, yes. because she had re-released her album and whatnot. Yeah. So we had some fun with it, but uh, I know that you have been listening to that album uh, with your girls. So I yeah. we talked about it a little bit. Now there's my question though. How has it changed for you as an artist Because when I grew up, you bought an album, and you listened to the album from start to finish. And I even, when I used to have the tapes, I remember, like, if I stopped a song at a certain point and I flipped the tape over, my favorite song would start on the other side, right? Like, that's how it was. You listened to albums from start to finish. Now it's, let's release a single. Let's release a single. How does that change your view on how you're writing songs and how you're putting albums together?
2: Um. So I, I am not a big singles guy. Like if, if one of my favorite artists put out a single, I generally don't bother to listen to it until the album comes out. I think our fans are kind of split because now, now obviously record labels prefer to release singles, but, um, we still insist on making records because for, for me as an artist, it's important to like kind of make a statement and and have a, a body of work. That's just how, you know, that that's like you said, I mean, that, that's the artist that I liked growing up, right? So yeah. that's that's how I want my music to be packaged. But um, it just depends on on who you are, I guess, because some of the like younger kids like really don't care about that, you know. And it's you know we're probably dinosaurs for caring about the the whole thing. But
0: is that a TikTok thing?
2: Yeah, I I, I think so. But it's also like I've had kids who. Like they'll like tweet about the band all the time, and and they'll ask a question where it's like, so on our on our first record, um, how do you feel now? Uh, our our record label is owned by Disney, and one of the things when we signed there, I said, can I sample the Disney movies? Like I'll sign here if we can sample the Disney movies on the record. They were like, fine. So the record is put together with like. Uh, pieces from like Bambi and Fantasia and Peter Pan and, th- and there's a couple other ones but you know the the thing that you're really trying to say um, like th- there there's a song on the record called In Clover and there's this bit in Bambi where um, Thumper is telling Bambi about how delicious Clover is and it's like that little like uh, Saturday morning cartoon sample and But it's at the end of the song previous, right? Because as you're listening to the record, you want that sample to play. So it's not in the song in Clover. It's before it. And someone asked, like, you know, why is that sound in Parade, a a different song? Because it it makes sense that it would. And I'm like, you have been listening to our music in whatever order you want the entire time, and it made no difference to you. And you, you were like, this is great. I love this band, but just throwing things on playlists and that's how kids listen to music now, I guess. And that's like, who am I to, you know, tell them that they're doing it wrong. Right. It's like the, the most, uh, like that, that's one of the most beautiful things to me about art is it's, is, it's literally the most free market thing ever. There's no Mm -hmm. right or wrong way to do Mm -hmm. it. And if you're making something good, people show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they consume it and they come see you. And if you're making something bad, uh, your friends come the first couple times and then nobody comes. <laughs> it's you open know? and there's nothing you can do about that.
0: And it's open for interpretation, and that applies to all forms of art, right?
2: Right. Except in the nation of Canada, which I would like to talk to you gentlemen about right now. Because Canada, the nation, has the nation of Canada. The nation of Canada. Because hey, re- boys can we restart that? The great soccer
0: the great soccer nation of, of Canada. Canada
2: yeah. <laughs> There is a, there is a maple curtain running through the middle of Lake Ontario, preventing all American artists, except for the biggest from being played in Canada in any capacity because wow. 75% of their broadcast material has to be of Canadian origin.
0: CanCon baby.
2: So, you know, who gets played in Canada is the Arkells and not Joywave.
0: Right. Are you jealous?
2: Of course I am. I live, I live, me, me and me and Joey both live two streets into the United States of America. Okay. If Canada just annexed the first two streets, no no one would notice, first of all. We tried to get rid of Marty's Secondly, province. We je- yeah. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> did, they, did they did they did they did they try to jettison them? The I vote was
0: close jettison. in the early 90s. It Look it wasn't.
1: up. It wasn't the rest of Canada tried to get rid of the province of Quebec as the province of Quebec tried to say we are our own and we want out. It didn't happen because it was fifty point six percent of the people voted <laughs> no so to 49.4% of people <laughs> voted yes. Yep.
2: So it was you 1995. Yeah. So could you could you vote in it? Were you old enough?
1: I was my first time voting, believe it or not. What did you not. think?
2: What did you think?
1: At lay, the lay down time the
2: hot political take. At the Party time, there's a the hot political
1: take. At the time, it's like, yeah, we're French Canadian. We have our own culture. Like, screw the That's rest right. of Canada. Like, I'm voting yes. I have no idea. People then later I'm asking questions. What would we have done for money? What we've done done for economy? What would we have done for government? For military, for protection, for all the people are like, We don't care about that. We would have been our own country. And We'd I'm like, fine. okay, there's there's questions at 18 I didn't know to ask. And now I know. And I'm like, whoa, that was. A yeah, but now your
0: son's asking them, which is amazing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And and funny enough, I voted in that referendum in 95 and did not vote in any elections in, in North America because I couldn't vote in Canada because I lived in the state. I was a resident of the state. I couldn't vote in the state until the last election because I wasn't a citizen. Uh, of the united states now i am i'm dual so so for the longest time i just watched the you know elections in canada and in the u.s and be like oh this is kind (laughs) of uninteresting i don't have a say in it uh but now yeah now it's totally different so i think it's funny how you mentioned that because you're right they've got some weird uh rules when it comes to the content they could put on radio and the amount of songs and i remember sports radio back then duffer you may back me up on this like, you could be a sports radio, but you had to play a certain amount of, uh, of hours of music content, right, in your, uh, in your day so that you could meet the requirement. Did you Ooh. guys ever have to deal with that? From a sports station standpoint? I remember there was, like, my, the sports station in Quebec City okay. from, like, midnight till 4 a.m. or whatnot would only p- play music. So it would actually wow. meet the requirement of music content and French music content that they had to play on the radio so um, my
0: guess is it all evolved rather quickly with the advent of talk radio and and then the yeah. the content if you will would probably have to have been created by local can like you couldn't just run syndicated american programming for the entirety of your 24-hour loop you, yeah, you would probably. have had you know uh some sort of canadian design. so uh, daniel who can we lobby to open those curtains wide and I, and, I, and allow Joywave its rightful place on Canadian Airwaves.
2: Well, I, I, I it's so funny because I, I think we're the only band that is American that wishes they were that they like did better in Canada. Like, and and I don't even I don't even want a lot. <laughs> I just want to like do the like rooms we're doing in the U.S. But in Canada, you know, just right. just equal footing is is all I'm asking for here. Uh, I mean, I was hoping that uh, you know, if Marty joins the band today. I think we can, you know, tap that uh that pipeline of uh Canadian funding. I mean, I I I, I won't tell you guys the band, but uh, one Canadian band we were on tour with many years ago had this insane production in like multiple buses. And partway through the tour we we had drinks one night and I was like, look, man, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like I can, I can do basic math and $20 times 300 people a night does not equal like what I see happening back here. (laughs) I what what's going on? And the guy's like, the guy's like, look, he's like, the Canadian government has given us over a million dollars in like support because it is viewed there as they are like exporting Canadian culture, which is good for the the footing of Canada and it makes like all, all the K-pop stuff is all funded by the South Korean government like like they bailed themselves out in the early nineties they had a financial crisis and one of the things that they invested in was pop music and that is what's happening now so it's it's wow. really cool to see like art as an investment for for nations that are like because like what do people know about Canadian culture. I mean, well, you guys probably have a different answer than I do. And i and I probably know more than most people. Like I know who the Oh, I think you would. Is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. I know who Stephen Harper is. No, right. no other American knows who Stephen Harper is. Right. Uh yeah. but it's um it is an an interesting way to make sure that um like cuz like I I I think in the 20th century like American culture was like one of the behemoths, right? Like that's like the that's like a way that like uh the idea of democracy one, right. Is that like Russian teens started like buying Levi's and being like, this is mm-hmm. actually pretty cool. hundred
0: you know? percent. Now, which, how, how long ago, because I need to guess this, uh, how long ago were you touring with this Canadian act? So I can then narrow down, uh, uh you we know,
1: as which... I know it
2: is, you do, do you, Who do you think it is? Oh, I'm not going to tell me the, it. tell
0: me the year roughly.
2: Uh, twenty. Fifteen or 2016 sheepdogs uh, t- no marty tell me what the the first letter is do you think
1: i would say it'd be s
2: nope oh okay well i didn't get it i'll
0: have to revisit yeah unless you're going to tell us
2: no I'll t- i mean i'll t- i just don't want to yeah, That's you don't want to put here.
1: anybody in that spot. I guess you right. this: the
2: music media, the music media is paying close attention to the instigators today. Uh, yes, absolutely.
0: Maybe. What if we rebrand it? Would they pay more attention? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what if we call the show the joy wave and
1: uh, you know we, we made it happen? Uh, how about this? How many Canadian fans will travel down to the town room in Buffalo and to Rochester when you guys are playing close to Canada?
2: Um I bet some i mean there were people who were upset that the tour did not go to canada but i mean just the um the restrictions there were really like unpredictable and you have to book a tour four months out so um it just kind of wasn't possible and it's kind of a pain to i'm sure as you guys can imagine just going across the border sometimes like they're asking for serial numbers on equipment sometimes to make sure that you're not buying a guitar on either side that's worth ten thousand dollars and you owe somebody tax money like i I get it but it's just um and and you're carrying merch right so you have a whole bunch of t-shirts and and records and the records are made by technically like a different company in canada right you're on a different label in canada than in the u.s so they have to like count those in and count those out and Mm -hmm. crazy
1: uh oh, complicated, man. I mean, that's uh that's not what I thought it was gonna be. Um, okay.
0: Do you do and, you go to shows, Daniel? Do you see a lot of music beyond no?
2: No. Do you I mean, do you go? So it's to, funny, that's like the equivalent yes. of a you do hockey go to player hockey games for fun. Yeah,
1: that's the equivalent yeah. of a hockey player not watching other games. Like I was a hockey nerd and geek, and I watched every I was home on the off day. I watched four games, right? And probably is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, but um, it would be interesting to me to know that, you know, you're focusing on your music, your things that you don't go to other shows. That's interesting.
2: I mean, I, I'll go like, I'll go see friends bands and, and people that I know, but um, it's just a, I don't know at a certain point, like it's, it's kind of claustrophobic. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, concerts are great. I, I shouldn't say what I think about concerts Uh, fe- festivals are great too. I love, when all the people are packed real close to me, it's so fun.
0: Can I ask you a tougher question? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and I I don't. I mean, this is just. This hit a lot of people, obviously, uh, when Taylor Hawkins passed last week. Yeah. And I, I I just wonder when you're in the business like you guys are, um, how how tough is that kind of moment? It doesn't matter whether you've known the band or you know been a fan yeah. of the band. I mean, this is just. This sometimes is a is a terrible, seemingly part of the rock and roll culture.
2: Um, when we found out the the bus went silent, um, so we we did not know Taylor. Um, ne- never met him, but he was Paul's favorite drummer, growing up. Um, and Paul Paul has met Dave before, and he, he's like the biggest Nirvana guy and biggest food guy and he but he he was a fan of taylor to the point where he knew taylor and his drumming before he joined foo fighters like when he was playing with Alanis bar set
0: yeah
2: and um so i think it was one of those things where like not that he was like not that he was like someday i'm gonna like meet him and we're gonna talk about drums but just kind of like knowing that that's not possible anymore is kind of strange like um what uh there's a, a songwriter that I really liked, um, it was named uh Adam Schlesinger, who passed early from uh from COVID in the pandemic. And we have the same lawyer and he wrote like that mm-hmm. thing you do for the movie and um Fountains of Wayne was his band, song stages yeah. mom. But he was a really big writer. There was that uh that band like the Click Five in the early two thousands where he like wrote all their songs for him. And having the same lawyer and like looking up to like his writing career, cause like that's like that's something that I do it like, you know, we do the band obviously but I do writing and production for other artists too and I was just like oh it'd be cool to like pick his brain sometime right um and just you know now knowing that that's not possible anymore, like it's strange it it hits you and um yeah I don't know people have uh there's a theory about like slots in your brain and like everyone can like remember 100 people and not that you know them all personally and some of them can be like a character from a tv show or something but you feel you feel something towards them and um people like that that you look up to i mean they pass and they're not in your life but you still you still feel it you know um
1: that's yeah that's very well said because that that happens in all you know facts of life right right music and in sports and there's athletes that are not even in hockey that i'm like oh I wish I would have had a chance to talk to that athlete or even just yeah. have a handshake and just say that hey that crossed my path right and that's uh, that's so important um you know I want to go back to the whole Canadian thing that you were talking about and it's just it's intriguing yeah. to me because certain bands will get a reputation just like certain players in, in sports will get a certain reputation and one Canadian band that I always kind of liked, uh, you know, was like Nickelback. And, and it's like, it gets that whole reputation that, so how does the music industry feel about these labels that fans put out on certain bands that you like them or not, but how, how does that gets, you know, talked about inside the music business?
2: I think it comes down to whether you're nice or not. Um, and I bet Nickelback is so nice because I just don't see another way that they like continue to, right? Cause like, how, how else do you explain it? Right. There's, uh, and I, I, I think that's that look, there's been bands that we've played with where I'm like, I do not like this. And I guarantee you, I will be in my bunk sleeping by seven o'clock every night. And then you, you go out for a couple of days and you're like, Oh, I actually really like these people. They're, they're really nice. And, um, and I, it's probably like, a, um, like Marty, there's probably some stuff that you can only talk to your friends who also played in the league about, because only they would understand. And like, you, like, um, like I, I, am you know, I still, I still live in Rochester. Right. So, so some of my friends from growing up, I'm still just as close with now as I was then, but Sometimes something happens, and there's they like wouldn't understand like if I Mm -hmm. told them because it just doesn't make sense. And and then you know somebody who maybe I not that not there's anybody I felt like Nickelback about. You know I I think they have a very poor reputation musically. Not not as people, but (laughs) but 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 like some of those people like I I've become close with, and and I, I think sometimes a lot of people too get. Bad reputations from like maybe there's one Nickelback song that people like maybe people really don't like the photograph song, right but then you go to the concert and then they pull out some like uh radiohead style deep cut that you didn't know Nickelback like did and you're like you're like oh this is act- this is actually sick just like people don't people don't don't know about this one
0: Yeah, I love it. So <laughs> what do we have surprise wise coming up at the ballroom on Sunday?
2: uh let's see well we we have uh production now, which is amazing like go- going up the room size and and things getting better um you know the the artwork for the new record is all this uh this car wash kind of thing to Love to it. match with with cleanse um so uh we will be turning the stage into a car wash there's like half a corvette that goes on stage and there's this like uh kind of fake tunnel thing it's like a video wall that's like uh just playing a bunch of washing footage so that's that's been really fun to um to be able to finally because like on the first two records, like, you know, the production was like, hey, there's a banner behind us that says Joy Wave, and that's what you can afford to do. So mm-hmm. it's uh <laughs> it, it's it's nice to have uh be able to make some creative decisions to match the music.
0: Equivalent makes- of Marty wearing the white goalie mask all year.
2: I know like there was not enough in the
1: budget to paint it so I already had one mess that was painted I didn't like it. Uh, who makes like an, uh, some of those decisions? Like in the hockey there's your captain, your alternate captains, there's a leadership group. Uh, obviously there's more bodies. There's 23 players on the roster so you I like how you point the fingers at you make all the This is
2: this is a benevolent monarchy, my friend. <laughs> it is a uh, uh, it is a it is a low accountability business. You get what you put into it for sure um i was actually talking about that with joey when we were at the yankees game the other day and that and that that you you can tell me if this is if this is right or wrong but i i would think if i was a child and i wanted to be a pro athlete you can find uh you can find like (laughs) you're setting off the alarms
0: (laughs) Well, I think he's actually given us two potential names for the show. So, Benevolent, Monarchy, Benevolent or, Monarchy or or Low Accountability. Low, low? <laughs> I, I think that could be a new name for our show.
2: <laughs> those, those, are, those are both solid. You know, okay, he knows, he knows what that is. Um, <laughs> I, but but I, I would think that there's like some type of path that you could uh, – like there, there's some program, right. To become a goalie, right. Like you didn't just like stand in the street every day and people shot pucks at you. And someone's like, you're pretty good at this, Marty, but the draft is down there.
1: Yeah. I mean, you obviously go through goalie training in schools and you have to love it and you have to be good at it. And then you go through your steps and then you, you eventually hope to get there or maybe you don't. And that's fine too.
2: But, but there's, but there's steps, right? Like you could mm-hmm. like, like someone could point you in the right direction and like, that, that's what I was saying about music being like, like there's, there's like step, there's like shows, right? There's like American Idol, right? Like that's maybe, maybe you can go to a tryout for that, but to do like, you know, what we do or what like Gaslight Anthem does, like, that like there's no playbook or anything, right? It's just like, it's a total free-for-all and um you figure it out or you don't. And that's, that, that's like a, a, a big difference. I feel like where it's, you're in charge of that free for all yeah right exactly exactly i i'm running the free for all and it's and like it either it either works or doesn't but you're only accountable to yourself and that's kind of it's scary but if you have like a good work ethic it like can work out for you because you're like in control of your own destiny you know like don't like the results write a better song don't like the results you know practice get get better like um, do better we say it all the time we (laughs)
0: say it all the time athletes complaining you know they deserve an opportunity and it's just like dude do better do better better. yeah um i have always been amazed fascinated honestly from the first time i was able to go to a show and look at merch and then you see like the tour dates listed on a t-shirt like that was the greatest thing oh my god like look at they were here they were here they were here And we sit next to and talk about all these athletes who fly on private charters (laughs) and stay in the nicest hotels. And then Daniel, I look at the rock and roll. I shouldn't, I shouldn't keep saying rock and roll, the music business. And I see night after night, after night, after night, after night, not even thinking, but understanding that the travel is not as luxurious. And I wonder how musicians continue to do it so how do you do it i mean look uh, just the end of this week like we're talking to you right now you are in atlanta correct
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. okay so later this week nashville washington philadelphia buffalo boston brooklyn rochester rochester that's the smallest sample these things go on and on and on and on and on how do you do it
2: well i mean now now i'm i'm not gonna lie to you it's- it's pretty cushy. You know, we have a bus, I'm sleeping. If the bus is moving, all the drives are overnight. I wake up, I walk and get coffee. And then, you know, I have to do check for 10 minutes. I have to play for an hour and 15 minutes. And those are my responsibilities. You know, like we have a crew now. I don't touch anything. It's awesome. But, but, you know, that takes a long time, right? Cause it's, cause it used to be in a van And everyone is carrying their own equipment. And that is like, you are so burnt out. I mean, we used to do um, trips because, you know, New York is a five and a half hour, six hour drive. So we would leave my parents' house where we would like practice in the basement at like eight in the morning, drive to New York, play. We couldn't afford a hotel so we put everything back in and drive back. So it'd be a twenty-hour day. We would go play in New York for like twenty people, and then you turn right back around and wow. and go home. Um, so it it can be crazy. It's uh, it's like AHL luxurious now though. We we got the bus.
1: It was it was actually um the not to bust your bubble, but the AHL is less luxurious than the ECHL and some junior teams. So really? when I went from like juniors and to the AHL, it was like, what? Like this is there's no even step up. Now the NHL was great, but because you charter everywhere and it was fantastic. But yeah, the AHL was actually like a Step back for a lot of people, like colleges have better travel accommodation than the AHL for sure. They also have billion
0: dollar endowments,
1: yeah. So, So, the AHL was a step back. So, I think that's funny how you said that. (laughs) AHL luxurious, um, although when you get in the NHL and you don't have to touch your equipment, you don't have to touch anything, that feels like, oh, I finally made it, right? (laughs) Like, you
2: don't have to carry all
1: that heavy equipment.
2: But, but the first, the first time that that happens to you, don't you feel weird about it? Where like someone is like, let me and you're, you're like, Oh, I can, I, you know, I don't want to put you out. I, but you're but it's literally somebody's job at that point, And that's a hard thing to like, accept that, like, no, this person has to carry my bag, because that is their like, that is their paycheck. Right?
1: I'll tell you this. It was the weirdest thing. So in the American League, we would get to like Albany or Syracuse or Glens Falls, New York or whatnot, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. And you got in at 2.33 in the morning after a game. And the rule was everybody helps. Everybody grabs bags. Everybody sets up. You put your equipment up. And that's good. Well, sometimes you'd play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Saturday night after the game in Hershey, you'd drive all the way back to Rochester. You'd get in at 4 a.m. And then the coach says, guys, you guys leave, the equipment guys will take care of it. I felt so bad because we had played Friday, Saturday, and now we were playing Sunday. The coach wanted us to get an extra hour sleep, but those trainers are going on five hours sleep for the whole weekend and they are being asked to work even more. That was to me was the biggest like, oh my gosh, like I feel so privileged and I don't think I deserve this, but right. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to accept it.
2: Right. Right. And that, and that's the, that's uh, it's also like the opposite of how everyone's parents phrase them. Right. Is like, you know, like be humble and like, you know, who do you think you are? Like, you gotta be like a productive member of society. And it's like, and it's, it turns out you're a guy who like people carry his bags, but like, it's a, it it like takes some mental gymnastics, and it's a it's a it's a weird thing.
1: It is a weird thing. Uh, one last one for me. Like I see you drink a lot of water. You know, athlete. Like it was about taking care of my body. With I did a. Sh- I don't know if I can say this you word. Said, it's uh, a I podcast. A ter- I, I I said I, I I did a job at it. I barely worked out, and I was just on abilities and whatever. Yeah, exactly. We need to start well, over. Duffer tried to get me to say nuts on on TV last night and I I avoided it. No. So I'm, I'm letting loose this morning, <laughs> uh, but you have to take care of your instrument, your uh, you know, there's different things. So what do you do to make sure that on a tour like this, you are always a hundred percent or close to.
2: I, I don't really have a whole lot of, regimen honestly i drink like a thing of emergency every day to try to not get sick and that's yeah. that's that's about the so you're on my program I don't, I don't you're like
1: yeah, you know what like i i just do what i do if, if it works you were that's why you're a marty broder fan marty never worked out in his life the one year he worked out because he thought i'm getting older he suffered like the worst injury of his career and he said screw this i'm not working out again
2: I, I, re- I remember him holding out one year and then coming back and he was bad for like five games. And people were like, he's not a natural athlete. I was like, does that mean he doesn't like, he just doesn't try. And he's just like, <laughs> I guess, I guess that is what that means.
0: So does that mean you're, you don't have a regimented diet either and you just like allow yourself to indulge in local delicacies every, everywhere you go?
2: Um, you know, I thought it did. And then the first night of the tour was Cleveland and I had a, nashville hot chicken sandwich and french fries before going on stage and i was definitely just like gurgling the entire time so i i've been i've been a little more careful it's just my then.
1: acid reflux nightmare right yeah. there like um... oh my god
2: it's, yeah my, my, my regimen is taking the omeprazole tablets the doctor gave me every uh every day
0: <laughs> oh man what's what's um what is home base like for you? What What is Rochester feeling about Joy Wave these days, and 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 how much you're looking forward to concluding this leg with a couple of shows there?
2: Um, it's it's funny because I I love it. I mean it's it's to the point now where like uh, Joy Wave announces tour is like on the six o'clock news, which is so funny because that's that's the most like mainstream something could be is right right is the six is the six o'clock local news but obviously it's not like that anywhere else like anywhere else it's like you have to know about the band and it's like a little cool to know about the band and like you know you got a secret and you come to the show and you share it with everybody there and and rochester has gone full-blown that but it's it's reached the point now where like you know, sometimes people are like, well, I've definitely heard of that thing and I know I'm supposed to like that thing. Like it's, that's happened with my face now. So I, uh, a couple months before the tour, I was out for a walk in my neighborhood and someone came up to me and they were like, um, we did a festival downtown over, over the summer and they were like, they were like, oh, uh, you know, are you, uh, you're, you're performing Sunday, right? And I, I was like, yeah, yeah. And they'd like seen it on the news or something. And the the lady's mom was like, Oh, what what does he do? And the daughter, like confidently, was like, "He's an acrobat." And I was like, <laughs> <"Ne-."> <laughs> "Like it was the only it was the only logical explanation for the mustache is like that he must be an acrobat." So, like familiar <laughs> he with being the circus, and, and, yeah, familiar with me and Sunday, but like completely other other thing. But but it, it was
0: your marketing oh, has been so good right like yeah. you you've you've done the side of the buildings you've you've mocked other people's advertising campaigns yeah. right like it's been really yeah, you, good
2: you, you you can't say which one's right now can you? <laughs>
0: no, it's like canadian music i can't think of it off the top of my head that's
2: uh, yeah, exactly what a bummer. the uh uh <laughs> um it, it's funny though because like i mean we were playing local shows in rochester forever and you know we play at the bug jar which is like a 200 cap room and I mean like it's always good like the people who liked it liked it but there was this moment in 2014 or 2015 like I I think there's this kind of like western New York thing where maybe Rochester has it more than Buffalo but people are like it's unfortunate and I want to say I, I don't feel this way but I can't wait to get out of here and move to like a, like a big city, right. Or like a real city or something and nothing good ever comes from here. And that is such a toxic attitude. And, and I think it's shifted over the last 10 years, but I think when we were playing the bug jar in like 2011, 2012, that's how people felt. And when their friends were like, Hey, you should come see this band with me. They're really great. They're like, Oh, they're a local band. And you know, they're like, yeah. And, uh, like no well i you know i know it's not good so what happened for us is 2014 2015 things start to go right and start getting in like video games and ads and tv shows and and movies and things and getting bigger tours and everyone who lives in new york and la and chicago is like talking to their friend from rochester right they're like going to see this band joy wave tonight or i saw this band joy wave tonight they're from rochester you know them right and people are like oh, yeah, 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 no, I definitely, <laughs> like, I definitely liked them the whole time, I definitely liked them the whole time, and then we come back, and then people are like, we were totally here all along, and yeah. um, I, it's unfortunate, but I hope that, like, like, look, I I probably, I mean, I did feel that way when I was, like, 18 or, or 19, and I, I hope that, um, if anything, with Rochester, I hope that, like, our band's success is able to show people that, like, things in your own backyard are cool too. And just as good as, as anywhere else. And I love Rochester. Like the, the food there is amazing. Now the coffee is amazing now. And, and I don't think it was like that there 10 years ago. I, I don't, cause I was there and I was like, there's nothing to do. And, um, and, and now there is, so I, I hope that that is good information for them and good information for everybody in a, in a midsize city. I agree. I think
1: that's great. Um, and I agree too. Like, I mean, I grew up in Quebec city and when I was in Quebec city, I was kind of like, eh, you know, this is, this is okay. It's a small town. Like Montreal was so much bigger. Toronto was so much bigger. Now I'm like, man, Quebec city was awesome. And then I moved here to Buffalo and I'm like, man, Western New York, Rochester, Buffalo is awesome. Like you appreciate it a different way, maybe as you get older or whatnot, but, um, just to go back to hockey now, maybe as I join the band and I bring the Canadian influence to the band, um, I've seen you on NHL Network, you know, with Jackie and EJ and doing all of that. Uh, what about like when you see some of the special events, like the Heritage Classic, the Winter Classic, uh, the All-Star Game, things like that, and saying, like, this is something we'd, we'd like to be a part of and, and do more of because you guys are, are hockey fans. You like the game.
2: Well, as long, as long as the Arkells keep getting booked, I mean Wave's never going to well, get that, a chance. I like, like how you're maple taking. <laughs> but I'll um, make that
1: happen. Me and Duffer will make that happen for you. Uh,
0: I, I'm setting up a uh, pay-per-view uh, fight to the death between uh, Daniel and Max here from the Arkells. So this. <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't, I don't, I don't know him at all. He he, <laughs> d- he did tweet. Uh, he did tweet in the past year. Uh, Just discovered this song, Dangerous. Uh, and, and tweeted the song and I said the maple curtain has fallen. He didn't say anything because he probably just thought that was a weird thing to say to somebody.
0: <laughs> he's, he's a good dude who loves hockey sure as much as uh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's
2: a Leafs guy, isn't he? Well, yeah. that's
0: that's his only, you know, blemish in my opinion. Is that now I get it because they're from Hamilton, so he plays his angles really well. <laughs> when he's needed well, in Toronto, he's he's yeah. there, right? And when he's well, when he's all Kyle,
2: in the <laughs> Kyle Dubas, like lets him come like talk to the team about like uh, <laughs> right. So yeah. what, what needs to happen is that Kevin Adams needs to let me in the room to talk to the guys about the Maple Curtain. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> let's, yes. Let's do it. Let's let's get let's get them connected, Marty. I like I, this.
2: A
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. We're we there's so many things idea. that are going through my mind right now. That uh, Duffer and I will definitely uh, have to. Well, obviously, because you're the one and all that we have to run through, we'll oh. we'll uh, put our ideas on uh, on a note on our phones and we'll send them to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I can I can get in that room and be like, guys, losing five to four is fine if I had a good time watching. <laughs> I don't that's know that that's going to work. And that's <laughs> not going to work. That's we've, work. Work. That's we've been doing work. that
1: for that's too long, long, Daniel.
2: You know. You know. What was you know. What was victories that, are no good but, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 one game, the one game that I did uh, get to come to, uh, Jack Quinn scored a, a goal and an assist, and it was, yeah. I mean, I have, I have not gone to Rochester to, I, I to be honest, I've been hiding from the virus. It was very right. scary to me, but, I, but I'm done now because I have to go stand on stage anyway, right? So hopefully I'll be able to catch an Amherst playoff game, and mm-hmm. um, they, they, like, optioned Krebs um, for, like, five minutes so he's eligible, right?
0: Yeah. For the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true.
1: Krebs Fitzgerald and, um, Samuelson, Samuelson. So all three are eligible for playoffs. If, uh, and the Rochester Americans have to get there and, and Duffer kind of reminds me every day that they're in a battle at the rest, for the rest of the season, but they have to get there. And I hope they do because yeah, I want to come down to Rochester too and, and mm-hmm. catch some of the playoffs because, uh, I mean, I love Roch. I love that rank. I love the fans. I had, had two plus years there that were amazing. Um, I keep telling everybody, so the rite of passage in Rochester, when we played for the Rochester Americans, was the first year we had to live. Well, not that we had to, but most people lived at in the uh, rustic village apartment building across from uh, where Bill Gray's is now. ESL. I don't know if you've ever driven by those apartments, oh, okay. but like in, um, like in
2: Henrietta, in like Henrietta, yes, CC? yes. Oh <laughs> that my was, God,
1: that was a little rough. I'll I'll That's say that. That's dude. Yeah. Um. So I, but I did love it. Like it was. It was where everybody lived and we all got together. That's where we grew up. Right. So I have a really soft spot for Rochester. Definitely.
0: Okay. The pressure is on Daniel. I know you wanted to conclude this, even though you assured us three hours of your time was fine. We'll we'll cap it at close to one here. Um, advice draft lists any you know free agent lists like you you were you were entertaining the idea that you might be working towards an assistant gm position here based on this appearance on the podcast so what do you got
2: i've 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 got ideas uh idea idea one is is this guy in the room uh just talking for doing exactly what we just did here for an hour but uh with the guys um i do feel like uh you know again i am an idiot um but I would love to see, you know, I feel like what like Tage Thompson has been amazing this year. I mean, seeing his growth, like a couple things that we as Sabres fans held as truths before this season, I I think were we were shown are not. What one was that we lost the O'Reilly trade, right? Because if you're looking at Tage's numbers this year and you're looking at O'Reilly's numbers this year, you're like, hmm, see. Seems pretty close. Seems like mm-hmm. Tage is actually pretty good, which, mm-hmm. you know, no I don't think anyone saw that that level of development coming. Um, but I, I feel like he's he might not be like a game breaking center kind of guy. And I and I don't know that you may not actually need that, right? Because I mean, look how many cups like Toronto and Edmonton have won the the past couple of years, right? Which yeah. like uh they got some pretty good players. But um I I would love to see them target like a guy like Matthew Savoy in the draft. I don't think he's going to be there the way they're, they're playing now or Logan Cooley seems, seems pretty good. But I, I, it seems like there's a, uh, a big need for uh, right defense also. And it seems like some of those guys might be there, but I, I, what do you do with the salary cap when you're going to, you're going to have to pay Darlene power and then whoever you draft there, right. Are you going to commit like 40% of your cap to defense? Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know
0: just go day to day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't,
0: don't, don't worry too far down the road. Don't, the cap don't road rush greatness. Change.
1: We don't know. The GMs are meeting like this week and they can make some change to the cap because of all the uh, circumvention that teams are doing with uh, Tampa right. last year. whatnot. Who knows? Apparently it's going up a million next year to 82.5. So who knows what's going to happen, but you will get Owen power on a, uh, a, a cheap deal for the next couple of years or next two, three years, depending if he plays this year. So you have that, that room that's going to open obviously on the cap.
0: The best part yeah. is, is it's clearly, you know, what you're talking about, even though you say that you don't. So now we have another wow. guest that we can utilize in late June, Marty, in our draft preview episodes, right?
1: Oh yeah. That was more prospect content that I have uh, heard on this show for, uh, for a while. I love it
2: i mean I'm, I'm i'm just regurgitating like athletic hot takes to you so
0: that's uh, all we do don't tell anyone
2: I, <laughs> that's why I, we do I research think, uh, for five hours <laughs> i i would like to see um i, I feel well I'm, I'm curious what what you think about the the goaltending pipeline marty because i was i, I watched the the world juniors that devin levi played and i was yeah. like i can't believe this kid went in the seventh round and when they traded sam i was to see sam go who uh which which by the way is he like secretly a hilarious person
1: um yes and no um it depends he has a very unique sense of humor so one of the and i'll tell you a quick story here and duffer will laugh so one of the thing that sam was duffer and i joked about a lot is he always seems to fall when he plays he gets hit he's on the ass He's on the ice on his ass. He gets he gets in front of the net. He gets cross-checked. He's down on the ice. Like, he's always down on the ice. And there was a guy in Philly years ago, Scott Artnell, that did this thing about Hartnell down. Every time he fell down, everybody hashtagged him, and then he donated money to charity. So, the one day, I thought I was being very funny, and I saw Sam in the locker room. I'm like, hey, Sam, like, have you ever seen on Twitter, Scott Artnell? Like, he does this Hartnell down, and Sam goes... I'm not on Twitter, but I go, it's not the point. It's not the point. The point is, is that you fall down a lot on the ice. And it'd be great as every time you fell down, you donated a hundred dollars to charity and people would have fun with that. Like write our down, right. And he goes, yeah, I always get up. And I was like, Oh, uh, I like my, 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 my enthusiasm for something. And that was funny to me. Um, I don't know that it was funny to him, but no, I think it was the,
0: misplaced. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I think that he's a, a, a very sneaky kind of funny guy, but yeah. like in a, in a weird way, but it didn't fit with my sense of humor. So I went back to Duffer and my tail between my legs, like Sam didn't like my idea. I actually just kind of like squatted it away. So I was the little puppy. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm curious what you think about, uh, so a bunch of the guys in the band are wrestling fans. Nice. And I, and obviously people love that, even though it's fake. Right. But they, but they latch onto the plot lines. And so do people in the NFL and the NBA and ba- baseball players are like a little boring, but, so, but sometimes there's something there. And I feel like, and I, and I, Marty, my question to you is, is why it's this way? Because, I feel like the guys go out of their way to be boring in interviews. And now you see a guy like Trevor Zegris yeah. that is like, that is just being himself. And it's like incredible. And it's the, it, that's the thing that's gonna make the league continue to grow. Because I'm sure you guys saw that survey where like the NHL was like 12th or 13th in uh, brand awareness with Gen Z. Because yeah. nobody wants the, I mean, I I know that I understand there's like some older fans were like, well, the game should be one, nothing and tight checking. And, but like that, guess what? They're not going to be here eventually. Like mm-hmm. and, and eventually none of us will be here either. Right. And we'll just be kids. It's- and like the league needs to be aware of that. So how do you, how do you bring in the personality? Like, like Jack coming back and playing villain, like that could not have gone better for the team because how do you not take the athletes side when it's about their body? Right. And, and then yeah. to come back and be like, well, actually surprise, I'm, and people are like, <laughs> get him! But like that—that's that's gonna sell tickets, and people are gonna pay Dude. attention. It, yeah. it it is
1: so funny you put it that way because you're a hundred percent right. Um, look, I retired in 2013. My second last game was when Tomas Hertl put the puck between his legs and flipped it and made this like unbelievable goal. And people were like, God, he should sit down. That was embarrassing. You don't do this in the NHL. whatnot. now it's completely changed. Um, I like that. It's completely changed. I like that players are more open to, you know, putting videos on YouTube and, and all of that gets, gets spread. Like the skills gets put out there. I think we're behind. I think as the NHL, we are behind and the culture was always well look at uh, at Cindy Crosby. He is, like the, the poster child. The NHL actually wanted everybody to look like Sidney Crosby. They put a, a, a poster in each locker room that it was like your jersey, your pants, your stick, your, pant, your skates, your gloves, whatever. There was the uniform. It was Sidney Crosby, but the face was blacked out because they wanted to be like this generic hockey player. Everybody has to look that way. Now it's changing. Like Ovechkin, like it was Oh, he's got the tinted visor, the yellow laces on his pants. He wears it tucked in. He, you know, it, it was different, right? And, and I think people are starting to realize, and a lot of people are realizing, that's the identity that the NHL needs. Not that Sidney Crosby is bad for the NHL. Not that Connor McDavid is bad for the NHL. But there's much more than just the one cookie-cutter uh, platelet that, uh, you, know, that you, you have to, to look at
0: and what was the common denominator previously to now
1: to me what's the common denominator no no denominator? the common
0: the common denominator as to why the nhl remained boring from a marketing standpoint where are its roots
1: In the curtain the canadian it's curtain is the answer In canada, canada. In the canadian yes. curtain
0: It has taken so long for people to think progressively north of the border when it comes to the evolution of this game, and it's understandable. They're proud of what they feel is their game. They want it to remain their game. That's firmly entrenched. But we're all, I think, hopefully, learning. You have to evolve to capture the exact audience that you're talking about, Daniel. You have to. And Ziegris, thank God has been an eye-opener in that regard. There have been others who just haven't been like, my goodness. I'm not going to name names, but I mean, like the number of people that had a big platform that used to crap on Ovechkin and Kovalchuk and name another foreign player who would celebrate exuberantly. Oh, my gosh. Why do we care about someone's passport In the middle of this joyous moment within the game, you know, that, that has always been troubling to me. And so I hope, I hope we're growing beyond that because everyone up there, like anywhere in the world, you need to have a very wide, all inclusive lens here. Otherwise, I think you're doing it wrong.
1: Well, I think I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think the Sabres are doing some of those things to try to showcase their their personalities and the players. Like at the Heritage mm-hmm. Classic, the guys wearing the Flint Tropics uniforms and and celebrating beating Toronto like it was their mega bowl. Like the fans <laughs> can appreciate that. Like beating the Leafs is the yeah. mega bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Or the goal songs, the personalized goal song. Like Love that. Like my kids,
2: oh, no, they no, no, want to no, no. hear. Hang on, hang on. We, we don't need that. We don't need personalized goal songs. We need one goal song.
1: Okay, Uh, as long as there's one, it needs
2: to be a joy wave song. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: but here's the thing: as long as the guy that scores a lot of goals pick your song, then we're all good. It just (laughs) brings in it all in. But something fun is just my kids are like, oh, hope Skinner scores so we can hear "Party in the USA." Like, I mean, it's just something so weird. But young people like want Skinner to score just for that. Like, it's just there's there's a way to market. The personality of players to the young fans, not just the ones that have watched the game for fifty years. Yeah, yeah. the league historically
0: I, I, has resisted marketing individual players. It's always team, 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 right? And, and, and yet, it's,
2: it's got to stop though. Like, I, right. like I want to know if, if there's a reason that like Dylan Cousins doesn't like Trevor Ziegris or something. Like, I want to know, and right. if it and if it's like one time some we were sharing a room and this thing happened and i don't like it and i'll never forgive him for it that's beautiful like they could even make it up for all i care right the the, the michael jordan thing right he's like this happened they're like did that happen he's like no no nah. <laughs> i didn't know, have I just, I just needed i it. didn't have the yeah. flu
1: i had food poisoning or whatever yeah. it wasn't a flu. Yeah. And, well, a, and i, I took enough, that personally like, like yeah. rob ray Tai Domi, right like there was battles for years right but did you know that on their the day of the draft, they stayed in the same hotel, they got in a fight in their hotel room, and Ty got his head well, hit on It was on a day. wrestling
0: match, I was think, a wrestling more than a match, fight, right? Match. Yeah.
1: But they drove together to the draft, oh, they God. hated each other, they got in a fight, and I only found that out after their career were over, when the guys are like, hey, remember when we had that fight? Like, for years, that could have been part of the whole, like, right. setup.
2: Yeah. Right, that's, uh, I, I can't imagine a more foreign energy to me as a person <laughs> as them, like fighting for like no reason to like see who right. the bigger man is that's incredible <laughs> but but like i but like i want to like that's that's what i want to hear and that that's what i feel like um like i, I know they're trying to push like uh uh like i uh, you know is is skinner that guy on the sabers right now or like uh, there there's like 25 guys right one of them is definitely funny and has just been told that like you know Right, the, Sidney Crosby. Right, like go, or Connor McDavid. Like, go do that. And like, no, somebody, somebody needs to take the mantle. And I, I mean, I love like, I feel like Dylan Cousins has been doing that a little bit just with his play. Like, you know, getting yeah. kicked out of the game in the Heritage Classic and being like, "No, nah, I'm going to stand right here." And yeah. you know, like, sure, you can keep me off the ice, but I'm going to stand right here. Like that. That like meant a lot to me as a as a Sabers fan.
0: Agreed. Oh. It's a good thing we, well, it's not a good thing. I want to say like, we have to go, <laughs> Yeah, but I want to stay on here. So, <laughs> okay. We're on, this we're on is
1: going to be part now. one, part one. Thank you. Of, uh, That's exactly of, uh, what we have to do more often because there's so many things that I'm like, now my notes on my phone are going to be like, Ooh, let's talk to Daniel about this. Oh, let's talk to him about that. Or let's, how about this one? How about like, there's going to be, you're going to be grilled
2: the next time we have you on. Dude, I'll, I'll talk anytime you guys want.
0: Remember, all things run through him. Yes, so exactly. So ne- next, uh, when we do part two, we're gonna
1: have a pre-production meeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and everything is running through Rochester. I love it. Maybe uh, we have to
1: do it in person for part two, and then when things yeah. open up even more, and then you guys come are back Rochester. home, like we'll come I'll to Rochester, we'll okay. set it up, we'll there. we'll do it in person.
0: All right, that sounds great. Yeah. How many bottles of water did you finish during the entirety of this episode? Dude,
2: just, just, just one. I'm that, really, I'm slowly oh, working on it. Yeah. 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 Misleading.
0: It was misleading. It was <laughs> yeah. very aggressive drinking there. It
2: was a bit, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, and by the way, that uh, just because you wanted, you you said Sabres are winning the trade, the Tays Thompson trade. They also have Ryan Johnson, who is a uh, first right. round pick that came from St. Louis who is in the frozen four this, uh, you know, this week, uh, no, it's next weekend or in two weeks anyway no, with, no. Uh, with Minnesota. Yeah. So next week, it's the seventh and ninth. Mm-hmm. The, the the the
2: yeah, you're right. The, 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 the other, like, uh, you know, thing that I think Sabres fans held, held true. I, I said, uh, uh, I, I didn't say what the second one was, just, you know, the idea that trading Jack Eichel is bad because there's no way that turns out good. And, like, turns out Alex Tuck was, like, buried. Right on their on their depth chart and is incredible and it's a very clutch player. And his numbers are like better than Jack so far. And uh also Krebs is like the most amazing passer we've had in so long. And and he had like one assist in fifteen games. It's like again, clearly he was, you know, you were sending him out there to like check on the fourth line or something, and you weren't using him right. So like and, and we get a first round pick too. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like I wish Jack the best and I hope that he does awesome for Vegas, but like we got we got good people yeah yeah
0: did a nice job on it and uh obviously an awful lot of room ahead to see where it all how it all plays out but uh uh i, I see i i know i was gonna say get some rest but that's you know it's not your thing you're up you're ready yeah, to go no, you're gonna no, do the no, show yeah. tonight and and on to two, the next two but, hour uh,
2: nap two hour nap i need my pregame meal which is chicken, perm, uh, chicken with farm. uh okay,
1: yeah, noodles yeah, right. and it's not what the guys eat anymore but that's what i had a uh, you know, like chef's restaurant in Buffalo was, uh, I ate that like 70 times a year. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, we also know Nashville's still to come on the tour. So stay away from the hot chicken the second time around. okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Terrible idea. I don't know what I was thinking. It had been a minute,
0: (laughs) Daniel. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me guys.
0: Marty. I can't believe you came away from that, not begging for lessons on some instrument. From Daniel
1: yeah I think it's uh it's way past that time where I could uh learn to play the guitar as you as you get older things don't come as easy plus my fingers I always say my fingers don't bend that way they've been broken so many times and in a glove for so long that they just they, they don't reach the chords uh the way they're supposed to I thought
0: you were going to say the podcast went so long that uh, you've simply lost the ability <laughs> I age
1: I <laughs> age aged. in the podcast <laughs> uh, quite a great conversation though oh i can't God. believe that he came over to esl at the time which is now bill gray's the uh, practice facility in rochester and as for my autograph he was like eight or nine years old that is too funny that uh, maybe i inspired a young daniel in his days
0: yeah <laughs> and, what, and what an answer you give him last time uh, i checked last,
1: last i checked <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, yes i'm that guy <laughs> what an idiot!
0: <laughs> uh, we've all been there. We all we all have our moments. Daniel's incredible. He tends to he he just kind of exudes that pleasant feeling, you know, like he's just a nice person to be around. Yeah, he, he fits in and everywhere and just wants people to be happy.
1: <laughs> Got to work on that Canadian uh, curtain, though. That maple curtain. <laughs> Got to work on that. So that's my number one goal this off season: work on the Canadian maple curtain.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with, uh, as we usually narrow it down for three stars, uh, I'm going to go with my next three concerts, but I think you want to keep it hockey-related here.
1: Yeah, so I'll start with my hockey-related three stars. There are the three stars of the month. So third star, I'm going to give it to Cam Talbot. Why? Because after a terrible end of February and beginning of March and the trade that brought Marc-Andre Fleury to Minnesota – he is now eight and one in the month of March. That is an incredible month. He has been playing so well, having some big wins and uh, you know a little uh, side star to Mark Andre Fleury because again on uh, Tuesday night he had another win, a second as a star, as a wild. So the two of them, but most importantly Cam Talbot, second star, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. In the month of March, he has 13 goals in 15 games. That's more while he's tied, uh, you know, with the, the league leading goals in the month of March. But when you consider everybody's been hot, the Austin Matthews at 49 now, uh, Kreider at 45. There's been a lot of hot goal goalscorer. Karel Kaprizov has been the hottest. And as I've done a lot on this podcast, I kind of tend to group my three stars with a theme. The Minnesota Wild, who have been 10-4-1 in the month of March, but 8-1-1 in their last 10, they are a team that's exciting to watch. And Billy Guerin swung for the fence this year because he knows next year, the year after, and the year after, he'll have some cap troubles to deal with. So he went for it, and they're exciting right now.
0: He will undoubtedly have to rely heavily on the youths in the organization uh, because they're going to have to move off some of those higher end contracts. Now, he has a lot of work to do. Uh, musically speaking, Joy Wave is rolling right now. Can't wait to see them in Buffalo. I will say this. The first time I saw them since we're into the uh, three stars uh, was part of a three Band Bill at the Town Ballroom back in 2015. Uh, a band that I was starting to obsess over, Night Terrors of 1927, were the opener on that night. They did not last sadly beyond uh much beyond that night quite frankly uh i i remember talking to their lead singer so the after, name like, of a band is
1: so important night terror of 1927 just doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue. doesn't roll <laughs> off
0: but i there was a favorite song i had on the album and i had a chance to talk to the singer after i'm like why wouldn't you play that and he goes that's a really good question and i was like Ooh, there's dissension in the ranks yeah. here. And not long after <laughs> they were gone for good. But Joywave was on the bill. It was a huge night for them because they were opening for bleachers. So this was, you know, this was a real big opportunity for them. And I'm just so happy for Daniel that they've been able to, you know, grow as a band and now navigate through the pandemic and Have you ever heard anyone more proud to have their own
1: bus? Oh, it's yeah. It was like a lifetime achievement award when you got that bus, so yes.
0: So next three concerts is what I will focus on, and they are in no particular order but within this month. Airborne Toxic event, I've been waiting for two years since they released an incredible album called Hollywood Park. Now they're already working on more music, but the fact that we'll finally get to see... Songs from that album are uh, incredibly important, and I can't wait to see that. Um, Gang of Youths, who I discovered in the pandemic on the show Billions.
1: Did you watch mm-hmm. Billions or not? I haven't yet. You keep asking me. and I'm the TV movie buff, but right. uh, you keep asking me. I haven't watched it yet.
0: Beauty of Billions, probably in its final season now, uh, they always have relevant music playing out like the final minute of the episode into the credits. Yeah. And that was where I first heard Gang of Youth. They're an Australian band that is now based out of London and really excited to finally see them. Uh, that'll be in Columbus, as a matter of fact. I think that'll be the first show I've seen in Columbus. And on top of it, of course, Joy Wave this weekend and maybe the following weekend in <laughs> Rochester. We'll see how it all plays out. That depends more on your schedule than mine, I think, Marty.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm really, I really want to see them, uh, on uh, Sunday. I believe that is when they're in Buffalo, the third mm-hmm. of April. Um, but if I can't, and then they are back in Rochester, the eighth and ninth of April. So yeah, I'm definitely going to try to catch them on one of those nights and uh, maybe we'll have to make a, a, a trip down the 90 to Rochester yeah. together. And you can, uh, you oh, know, really you educate me-, me to all the music, but only if you take me past your old home. Oh, the Rustic Village. Absolutely. I know exactly. I can take you to my apartment. I'll walk you to the door. Maybe we'll walk We'll walk up to the door and knock on the door.
0: Sounds like an Instagram live video to me. Uh, Marty, <laughs> thank you for this. Uh, we've gone well beyond overtime like Dave Hannon-esque. We'll see you next time. Thanks to our friends at Seneca Resorts and Casinos.